Welcome back. Richard, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. I did. You can see I have my little Christmas outfit on, you know, the red, the blue. Is that but it's cold? It's cold in Florida. Is it Christmassy because it has red on it? A little bit of red, you know, celebration. But also, it's Christmas. It's yeah. cold. Um, it's always it's cold, cold in Florida, right? It's been in the 30s the last couple mornings. So in the 30s last night, and it's only going to be in the, well. We say it's only going to be in the 60s, which um, relatives in Washington D.C. laugh, you know, when it's only yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's cold for us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we did okay. We we yeah. all survived without any major uh, missteps, catastrophes. Nobody left home. Nobody got nobody got pushed off the island or anything. So, no. we're okay. Well, the 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 next vote will be next weekend after the New Year. So, uh, we'll yeah, that, we have to do it again. Yes. Anybody has to leave then. So, well. Part of that um, is related to what we're going to talk about today, um, because you know we are seeing we're making it through the holidays, we're we're weathering all of this, and uh, you know at the same time there there is a surge happening uh, a bit with um, COVID. Uh, you can see the numbers are spiking in a lot of places. Um, some states have uh, are jockeying for the highest um, uh, number of cases per capita, and um, but, but what, what a lot of this leads to is um, more isolation, more quarantine, more uh, staying apart, more, more that social distancing. Right. And I heard somebody talking the other day that instead of calling it social distancing, we should have just called it physical distancing uh, because we want to continue to be social, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's true. That's a good idea. Nice yeah. Um, but what the, um, what we're going to talk about today is some of that, uh, some of the loneliness and I and and, I, right. and all that comes from the isolation, um, right. because loneliness is is an incredibly difficult um, and, and you know strongly affecting uh, situation. Um, we, we've talked about loneliness before. We've talked about the the significant impact that like um, solitary confinement in in mm -hmm. the prison population, the, the significant impact that that has on a person's functioning, um, psychological functioning. Um, and so the quarantine and the continued physical separation and isolation manifest that in many, many more of us than, um, than usual. And the, for many of us, the, the, the holidays are a time when we're a little bit more lonely than right. other anyways. So, and remember, you can be lonely even when there's other people around. Yeah. Yeah. So one, of the things is, one of the things this pandemic taught us is, is how important it is for us to be close to each other. Right. Uh, not only family, but just to be able to go out and be with people. You know, we, we go to the, in fact, we call it agoraphobia. We go to the marketplace just because that's where people are. You know, we get out and mingle with people. And, and it becomes acute, we become even more acutely aware of that during the holidays, right. especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, which most of us associate with uh, gatherings, mm -hmm. social gatherings with family and friends. And um, so we've had, but we've had this whole year where we, we have been asked to um, be very careful about um, physical distance and uh, we're all familiar with social distancing. And, um, and now the holidays are here and two things are happening. Well, actually now three things are happening. Mm -hmm. One is we want to get together and can't, um, but, the, but the, the, and we're having a surge right. uh, on Thanksgiving because 
people got together at Thanksgiving and so rates went up. And uh, scientists and physicians are predicting that there will be another post-Christmas surge sure. in January. But another thing that um, you may want to keep an eye on is that um, in the 1918 epidemic, um, it started in 1917, but in 1918, 1919, the virus mutated. Right. So it, we had another spike in 1918. This virus now has mutated. Right. Uh, the um, scientists in the United Kingdom yeah. have, um, are warning us that they, they have found a, a mutated form of the virus. And so the first question is going to be, uh, is this like in 1918, the mutated virus was more virile. It was, uh, it was more deadly than the original virus. That's one issue. And then we have a vaccine for the COVID-19, but will the mutated form also Right. respond to the vaccine. We don't know that yet. Yeah, so, they're, they're anticipating that it will, um, mm -hmm. but of course we don't know uh, for certain yet, and there undoubtedly hasn't haven't been any cases of the new mutated um, version here in the United States yet. Um, but the other thing is the other thing about the the mutation is that you know for whether the science backs this up or not, a lot of people who have had COVID nineteen feel as though then they're, they're probably safe and they can't get it again. But if there's a mutated form, then they could get the mutated form, right? Yeah. And so, so for, for all of these reasons, um, we, I think it's safe to predict, and I think everybody is predicting that January through March, I think the first three months of 2021 are going to look very much like 2020. Um, yeah. I don't think anything's going to change um, quickly. And, and if there is a Christmas surge, a post-Christmas surge, I'm sure we're going to be asked to once again, masks, social isolation, hand washing, we're gonna be asked to isolate again. Yeah. And so um, even in normal circumstances, the holidays can be a very tough time for people who do live alone. Mm -hmm. um, this year, it's been even worse. Um, it, it, for most of us, it's been worse. Yeah. And so we thought, might be a good idea to talk about this whole idea of um, social isolation and how do you handle social, social isolation. And yep. for that, we thought, well, do we have any models for anybody who's been isolated for a long time? Yeah. And as it turns out, uh, the astronauts mm -hmm. are isolated. You remember the movie, The Martian? Yes. With, with, I'm gonna watch that again because it was stranded. He was up there for a long time. I mean, can you imagine being stranded on a planet by yourself? Right. Social isolation, right? Just a little bit. Um, I mean, millions of miles of isolation. Right. Right. That's that, now, that social distancing. So Scott Kelly holds the holds the uh, the record for social isolation. He was in um, he was on the International Space Station for about a year, three hundred and some days, essentially a year uh, in 2015 and 2016. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons they wanted to do that was we talk about long-term spaceflight, like going to Mars, which could take 18 months just to get there mm -hmm. and 18 months just to get back. So you're talking about a three-year. Uh, what, what, what is the effect of long-term um, space travel on the human body? And the wonderful thing about Scott Kelly is that he's a twin and his twin is also an astronaut. Right. And so Mark Kelly, um, and many of you may remember, it was Mark Kelly's wife who was um, shot at that um, shopping mall right. years ago. Um, so it, it was his sister-in-law. And um, so, so what they did is Scott Kelly went up 
into the space station for a year and they did comparisons between him and his twin brother. So you have genetically identical um, species, if you will, and you could test one and, and then use the other as a control. But he spent um, a year in the space station. So he was 200 miles away. Uh, yeah. That's a, again, a social distance, uh, not as far as Mars, but certainly a distance. And um, he was with three other individuals, but they were still all isolated. So it's, it's a good, it's a good um, I think, model for us to use to say, okay, how do you, how do you manage this for this long? Right, absolutely. And so we, we put a link in the show notes um, uh, about that, you know, year that he spent in space mm -hmm. um, because of clearly that, you know, garners a lot of attention and a lot of focus because of, of exactly what you're talking about. And, and he talks about, you know, being able to cope, not just, not just physically, but of course, psychologically and how to handle that. And, and he has, um, you know, offered a lot of insight into how we, how we best manage those kinds of um, situations where we're um, in isolation, when we're lonely. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I think it's important to, to say that, um, you know, you can be lonely even if you're not isolated, right. you know? You can be lonely even if there's people all around you. If you don't feel connected, if you don't, um, you know, really feel that connection to anyone else, even if there's, you know, dozens of people around you, um, you can still feel very lonely. Right. And he acknowledges that it's difficult being isolated like that. Yeah. And he said that even though astronauts are trained to handle long periods of isolation, mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of their training, and he was with two other, well, two other cosmonauts, uh, Russian cosmonauts. And um, even though they were well-trained, they still faced some challenges right. managing the isolation because it does get to you. I mean, here you are with two other people for an entire year living in this cramped space. I mean, the space station is big. It's bigger than a um, space capsule, but, but it's, not a, it's not a big building. And um, so you, you have tasks that you have to do. You have to get through every day. And it is difficult even for them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even though they have the training. So, um, so we do have this model of what it takes to um, remain emotionally healthy, even in the face of long-term isolation. Yeah. And, and he, he offers some strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, a in a second article that we have posted in the show notes, um, he talks about uh, 12 things. He, he offers 12 things to sort of fend off some of those, some of the effects of isolation in long right. um, and, and they're pretty good things. Right, and he talks about one of the things that I think is a, is a key idea here, and I think um, applies to us going through the isolation pandemic, is he said, um, what helps him, uh, both uh, the isolation in space and the isolation we're experiencing now, is, he said, is knowing what I have control over and what I don't have control over. Separate those two things, but also putting your time and energy into what you can control. And I think that's good advice, is that there are just some things we can't control. We can't control the surge. I mean, the, if the surge is going to happen, it's going to happen. We can't control the mutation. But there are things that we can control. We may be told we have to be isolated. We don't lock down in our country the way they do in other countries. My brother lives in Germany. They're really locked down right now. I mean, it's a very, very um, 
significant change um, from their daily routine, they are really forced um, to stay within their, their family and within their homes. We don't do that here, but we're still, um, so there's, there's much that we can't control, but what we have to focus on is what we do have some control over. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, because, you know, we've talked about this in, in a previous podcast that, um, like you said, we don't have control over, uh, over the surge. We don't have control over what is happening um, really with the economy at large. Right. Um, and, but, but there are a lot of things that we can control. We can control what we do during the day and, you know, our physical activity, what we're eating. We can, we can control our, our mindset. Um, and so, yeah, these 12 things that he talks about are really good um, at focusing on those things that we can control and, and doing something about it. Yeah, and he talks about, he said, you, one of the things he missed was being able to just walk outside. Right. You're in a space station, you, you spacewalk, but you can't just walk outside. And that's, that's one of those variables that you can't control. You are in this confined space. And you can't do anything about that. Right. You can focus on the tasks you have to perform every day. Right. And living on the space station are, are things you have to do. And so that was the first thing he learned. And then, he, and so he's passing these things on. And he's passing them on in a very interesting way. Um, apparently, the um, AARP, American Association of Retired Persons, and um, United Healthcare, and uh, they have formed, their two foundations um, formed together. And apparently he serves as an advisor to this group. Right. And um, they, and, and, and the AARP has for many years been interested in um, isolation of the elderly. You know, mm -hmm. people who live alone because of their age, their kids are grown, or uh, particularly if one of the spouses has died and then you're left alone mm -hmm. um, in, in, in old age. So the AARP has been interested in this, and they discovered years ago that 75% of Americans feel socially isolated, and 66% are reporting increased anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so um, Scott Kelly refers to this as a public health crisis within a public health crisis. Right. And what he's giving voice to is that, yes, we have these physical, uh, this physical disease that we're battling, but the physical disease is imposing on us a mental health crisis. And that's what AARP and United Health has been um, interested in tackling is how do we deal with that? And one of the things they learned is that they said these, these mental health issues like social isolation and anxiety um, are prob probably present more of a health risk um, than um, obesity and, and um, pretty significant cigarettes or 15 cigarettes a day. That's right. almost a pack of cigarettes a day. And we know the health implications of those two things. So, so the AARP with Scott Kelly's advice is um, giving us um, tips to how we can manage our isolation and the anxiety that comes with it. Absolutely. And the first one that they mentioned is, is again, one that we've talked about before, and that is um, asking for help. You know, it, it's really important that we are uh, mindful enough of ourselves and our own needs to ask for help when we need it. Um, you know, a lot of people will think that it's, what, you know, there's the whole thing about, you know, it's weak to ask for help or to admit that you need help. Um, but our perspective, at least, is that 
um, knowing that you need help is, is wonderful insight. Um, it's knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, knowing your limitations, and we all have limitations, um, knowing yourself well enough to say, hey, I, I need some help because I don't have the skills that I need to manage this. That's right. And it's interesting that only 11% of people, even though 75% are feeling this, only 11% seek help. And um, 30% don't ask anybody for help, even family right. friends, okay? So that's a significant, you know, we, we know that the rates of um, these very strong feelings um, are very, very high, and yet most people aren't asking for assistance. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that NASA mm -hmm. insists that its astronauts meet every two weeks yeah. with psychiatrists and a team of psychiatrists and psychologists, and they go over how things are going at work, work relations, family issues, mm -hmm. are you getting enough sleep, are you getting enough exercise, and this continues even when they're on the space station. There, there's a, there's a two-week check uh, by the psychiatrist, by the mental health professionals to make sure they're doing well. So there's a message there that, um, and, and it didn't, and, and, it, and it becomes the first tip that he gives us is that be sure you ask for help, um, either from people who are close to you or people who, uh, or, or professionals, right. because most people aren't, um, availing themselves of the professional help that we're going to obviously need. Yeah. So if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, please don't be ashamed to ask for help. Right. The, the second one really focuses on, and some of the others also focus on, you know, sort of dealing with what we, what we refer to as the cognitive distortions right. associated with, with isolation and depression and some of those kinds of things. You know, there, there's thoughts of, you know, this is the way that things are now. Things will never get better. Um, I'm always going to be this. I'm, this is never going to happen. You know, some of those definitives and globals that we think about when we, when we have those negative feelings. And so then the second one is to um, flip the script. Think about and remember that, you know, this is going to be over. It's really challenging now. It's really difficult, difficult now, but it is going to end. Um, and things will get better. Even when the things in the, in, you know, in the, you know, 1918 and 1919, you know, when things were really difficult then, a lot of people were dying, a lot of people were really, really sick, right. it got better. Right, um, yeah. and that's, that's good advice. You know, this, this is going to end. Yeah. You know, so, so just flip it around and say, okay, it's going to end, I just have to make it until then, right? This isn't gonna go on forever. Absolutely. Uh, the, the third thing is, is, again, something that we've talked about, and that is centering yourself. Take a deep stop, pause, take a deep breath, and just kind of uh, be mindful of where you are, what you're doing, and, and remember that, you know, even though you may be isolated, you're safe, and you're um, taking care of yourself, and you're being healthy, um, you know, so just exercise and meditate and, and do those things. Yeah, do whatever works for you. You know, for some people, they don't want to exercise. Well, meditation works. For other people, um, they want to seek counseling somewhere. Other people, they do want to exercise. They feel better if they exercise two or three times a day sort of get rid of a, that tension. So whatever works for you, there's no magic um, uh, formula here. It's, it's whatever works for you to, um, to, to get back to calm. Right, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, number four is stick to a schedule. You remember, um, I think, I can't remember now, the Admiral who did the uh, wonderful uh, commencement address at the University of Texas. Right. And he said, first, uh, begin your day by making your bed. First, make your bed. And he said, that's, that's the first thing that you accomplish 
in the morning. And then you go through your day and you accomplish things during the day. But you have to have some sort of a schedule right. to do that. Yeah. And then that, the other routine, thing that routine makes us feel comfortable. Right. And, 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 you know, we were just talking about dealing with the things that you have control over. You have control over your schedule. So you can, you can create a schedule that makes life a little bit more predictable. And we, we find more comfort in predictability. Right. And the schedule is different now than it was then. And we're going to later on, we'll talk about the schedule is going to change again when this pandemic is over. And you right. got to get that too um it's it's not easy changing your schedule you know many times we've talked in our in this podcast that um in order to add exercise to your schedule you have to give something up and giving something up is almost as difficult as starting a new habit okay and so you begin with a schedule and your schedules obviously your, your schedule is going to be different now uh, when you're when you're uh, isolated um prepare for the worst yeah I don't know what challenges, everybody's facing different challenges, but you have to prepare for those things. Right. If you have young children, they might still get other infectious diseases. They're going to still get colds. They're still going to get ear infections. So prepare for those things. If you're, um, whatever, whatever is, is, is happening in your life is going to continue to go on. So prepare for those emergencies. Know how you're going to handle them. In Florida, we had to prepare for hurricanes in the midst of the pandemic. Right. So the best way to deal with the with the possibility of a devastating hurricane, just make sure you're prepared for it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, it's, and being prepared is just always the mindful thing to do. Um, you know, not not panic and not you know become obsessive or you know you don't have to build a bunker with you know three years worth of bottled water and all that kind of stuff in there. Um, but being being aware of, you know, what do I do or what will I need to do if I have to stay in my house for, you know, a, a few days without and not leave at all? Or right. what will I do if a loved one gets sick? Or what will I do? You know, you think about those kinds of situations and just have be prepared for it as best you can. That's Again, right. about the things you can control and then, you know, deal with the, remember that there's things that you can't control. Right, exactly. Yeah. And um, and search for that balance. Uh, number six is aim for a healthy work-life balance. Um, when are you going to work? When are you going to relax? When are you going to play? What about your sleep schedule? And again, this is about scheduling. You know, this, this goes back to number four. Uh, you have to come up with a schedule that includes all those things. Um, you and I are not good at balance. Right. We, we've acknowledged that a few times. Mm -hmm. um, if you tend to work uh, long hours, um, take a look at your schedule, make sure you're putting those other things into your schedule that will keep you healthy. Absolutely. Um, and I like number seven, and, and that's get a new hobby, you know, learn something new. So I, I think that that's really, um, if you listen to other podcasts and you, um, you know, listen to other people's stories, you, you learn that a lot of people are doing that this during the, during the pandemic, which I think is fantastic. You know, they're, they're learning new things. Um, they're trying new things. And yes, they're all things that you have to do at home or things that are, that you can do on, on, on your right. own, but it's, they're, they're great things to be learning. Um, and so that stimulation is really powerful. Right. Um, my brother is learning, learned how to make sourdough bread during this pandemic. You know, he's had plenty of time and, and uh, was able to get a starter from somewhere. Yeah. And um, again, he's learned a new skill, you know, and he feels good about that. So yeah, get, learn something new. It's good for everybody at every age. Um, learn something new. Yeah. 
Um, number eight is stay connected to loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, stay connected to loved ones. I know that members of my family, some live alone. And um, so we try to stay in touch with each other on a regular basis. Others are going through some difficulties. So we try to stay in touch with them for the same reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not always easy, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's some loved ones that you would rather have more contact with than others. Um, right. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. You um, know, this, it's also a good time to maybe mend some fences, you know, that have been broken over the years. Um, so whatever, whatever it takes for you to um, manage this isolation. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And number nine is to, to keep a journal. Um, mm -hmm. And this is a, um, th this is some really interesting thoughts of, you know, keeping a journal of what you're experiencing. Um, at some point in the future, you know, we're going to wonder what it was like, you know, people will wonder what it was like to live through this, because mm -hmm. just as we wonder what it was like to live through the 1918 pandemic, um, what, what people, you know, 75, 100 years from now are going to wonder what it was like to go through this pandemic. And right. so keeping journals and, and taking notes about that will, will be very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also good for you to process what you're experiencing. Um, you know, it's one thing to, to think about what you're experiencing. It's another thing to talk about what you're experiencing, but putting it on paper, you know, writing it is a completely different process. Right. Um, that, that's when you're really thinking, you know, how do I put these feelings into words? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to read, you know, if, if you could, if you could think about 50 years from now, when your children are, are, are grandparents, you know, they themselves will be grandparents. And, and they're trying to explain to their children what 2020 and 2021 looked like and yeah. felt like and what they had to do. It'd be a fascinating story and um, to, to collect all these stories and put them all together. I would love to know what my grandparents experienced during the night. You know, they must have been terrified because there was no vaccine, there was no treatment. And if you got it, it was essentially a death sentence. So how did they survive it? How did, how did they socially isolate? Yeah. How did they, what were their masks like? You know, you see pictures of them. What was it like wearing those masks? And I'd, I'd love to be able to, to hear those stories. Uh, they can no longer tell the stories, of course, because they're gone, but, but if they had written them down, it'd be fascinating reading right now. So right. someday this is going to be fascinating reading. Absolutely. And number 10, communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I like this one because it's, <laughs> I'm imagining the astronauts, again, these are well-trained professionals, but they must have had a way to tell each other that something you're doing is making me angry. Right. Because you can't let these things build up over time and you can't get into a fight on the space station. Um, and so um, you have to be able to get this stuff off your chest. Otherwise, they're going to grow into larger issues. Um, and, and those big issues are going to be difficult to manage when you're forced to be together um, in a confined space. There are people who had started uh, the divorce process before the pandemic hit, you know, mm -hmm. what a challenge that is, you know, where do you, how do you manage that? Um, and so uh, get this stuff off your chest. Um, and one of the things that Scott Kelly said is you can, you can turn it around in a way that is a little bit positive and a little less offensive by saying that, by saying to a person, am I doing something that's bothering you? Because I get the feeling that you're upset about something. Mm -hmm. So you, you turn it on your, you know, take a look at your own behavior. Um, but yeah, get it off your chest. Don't let it accumulate because 
everything's going to be magnified right. when you're socially isolated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And number 11 is um, another one that I really like, and that is um, take the reentry, take the, um, your return into the social world at your own pace. Right. Um, you know, a lot of this is akin to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can certainly, I, I was at the grocery store the other day. Um, I, I try to make very short, you know, like five, 10 minute trips and just run in, pick up a few things that I need and, and, and come back home. Um, and I remember going into the day and there were people in there that didn't have masks on. Mm -hmm. and, and it was, you, you immediately notice it. It's like, there's something strange about that person. Oh, you can see, I can see their face. That's weird. Um, and so you, you, there is a reaction to it. There, it's sometimes even physiological reaction to it. You can feel it in that anxiety of stress in your body of, wow, um, what's happening? Um, yeah, we're all, gonna, we're all gonna have a little PTSD when this is over with. And you know, uh, I'm sure you've, you, you're a big movie fan, so you've watched movies. And even when you watch a movie and you see people sit down for dinner, you know, they're hugging and sitting, and like, whoa, you can't, even in a movie, you can't, let alone in real life, you know, if, if you, like you say, you go to a grocery store and you see a person without a mask and you get this reaction, you know, that they're not social distancing. Yeah. Um, a, um, a station leader down in Antarctica, and that's another place where people get isolated because you can't fly in during the wintertime. Um, and so they have to stay for months and, and there's, there's a certain amount of social isolation. And one of those um, station leaders has written um, about dealing with the surprising rocky road back to normal. So please keep in mind that the virus, yes, this is difficult. Yes, the pandemic is going to end. And yes, you need to anticipate that going, getting back to whatever normal is, is also going to be challenging. So right. it's going to end, but when it ends, it's, we're still going to be challenged by some things. We don't know exactly what they are yet, but there are going to be challenges getting back to whatever the new normal happens to be. Absolutely. And that, and that takes us to the last, um, last point, and that is to remember that we're all in this together. Um, you know, we, we tend to become very, um, when we're isolated, when we're lonely, we become very egocentric. We, we just think about ourselves and we think we're the only ones going through this. We're the only ones experiencing this. Nobody else can be. Um, right. Especially when you do watch movies or different things on television and you see other people are together and it just feels like out there, life is normal. In here, life is very different. And, um, but it's not, it, it's the same for everyone. Um, yes, there are some reckless people out there who are still having parties and still getting together in ways that they, that probably aren't as safe as they, they could be. Um, but we're all going through this together and, and we're all going to get through this together, um, whether we like it or not. And right. so it's, it's important that we keep that in mind um, because it's going to be, we're going to need that collective mission of we're going to get better. We're going to get through this and we can do it together. Right. And, and, and it's true that some people have sacrificed much more than others. I mean, we, we know that. Okay. Um, as we always say, everybody's going through this a little differently. And you can't control what other people are doing. If other people decide not to wear masks, if other people decide to have parties, we can't do anything about that. And getting angry about it isn't going to help you at all. You decide, as Scott Kelly advised, decide what you can control and do the best job you can with what you can control. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the next, um, we've included two other um, articles. We don't really need to discuss them at, at length, um, right. 
there are more resources. Right. The first one is called, it's about a program. It is the program that AARP and United Health um, Foundations developed. And it's called Connect Two, and that's the numeral two, affect.org. And um, it is the program they developed that people can use to manage their isolation. It's, it's especially focused on elderly because of AARP. Yeah. But remember, you get your AARP, you get your AARP card when you're 50, and 50 is certainly not old. Um, and so the tips, the information that they provide um, is appropriate for any age group. Uh, it's meant for the, uh, for the uh, over 50, but um, it's useful information for, for anybody. I went into the, web, into the website this morning. I didn't register. But I took the, they have a, um, a little quiz uh, to see if maybe you're at risk for, um, um, for social isolation or anxiety or depression. And, and should you seek um, assistance from others, especially professional assistance. It's really nicely done. It's very simple to use. Um, and at the end, they have all sorts of um, useful uh, resources that you can use to help manage your stress. Absolutely. And the other is from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and this is uh, another really good um, set of resources for people who are, you know, dealing with not just the coronavirus and, and COVID-19, but also um, this, this isolation and um, the loneliness that that's comes about. And so um, they, they offer a lot of strategies for, um, you know, immediate help, but also if you're, if you're, if you're sort of maladaptively um, dealing with this through substance use or abuse or anything like that, you know, it has resources for that and coping with stress and everything. So that's another really good uh, resource for folks out there. I was really impressed with um, this, this um, uh, resource, this website. Um, it is really comprehensive. Um, and if you're, I, I would use both. If I were you, I would go to both because one is sort of tailored for you. And the other one just has a, the CDC uh, website just has a massive amount of really useful information. Right. Um, uh, you'll see in the, um, when, you, when you open up that website, why we didn't try to talk, talk through the whole thing because it's just pages long, but really, really good stuff, okay? So if you're struggling at all, if you're, if you're interested in this, if you're struggling at all, I would recommend that you go to either one of these, but I was I was really impressed with the CDC site. Yeah, absolutely. Really yeah, if you're if you're if you're dealing with loneliness or struggling with the isolation, you know, go back to the tip number one: ask for help. You know, get yeah, talk to someone. You know, seek a mental health professional. Most mental health professionals are doing work remotely, um, so you can stay home, you can remain, you know, isolated, but mm -hmm. still get some of that support and help that you need. Uh, don't go out of the loan if you're if you're struggling. You know, get that help. And um, there there are plenty of us out here, willing and, and eager and and trying and wanting to help. So um, yeah. out. It's, it's true. I I want to you know support that completely. Yeah. You you don't try to do this alone. I, I think that's the most important thing. You know, we're you and I are lucky because we have each other. We have other people we work with. Um, but don't try to do this by yourself. That that's the mistake. I think that people are making is that they try to try to get through it, it, We have many more months of this yet. So don't, this is not going to end soon. So please um, ask for help. 
like, like he said, like Car uh, Scott Kelly said, um, don't be ashamed to ask for help. The astronauts get it every two weeks, whether they want it or not. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that is it for today. Um, until next time. Next time will be New Year. Next, next year. I was. That's what I was thinking about. The next time we talk to you, it will be 2021. Yeah, it will. Wow. Okay. I wonder, I wonder if you'll look different. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Part of it. Part of it will look different. I think the second half of 2021 will look different than the first half of 2021. Absolutely. But be safe. Be safe. Most of all, be safe. Absolutely. So until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.